What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? This is the Duchess of Dub City, and I am actually sitting on my blue blanket today. If you remember last week, my short little sweet message, I said I was going to talk about the the election journey and what has happened and everything else in between. The details from the background that they try to keep quiet. So... Today, I want to talk about a few things, not a lot. Uh, one was, I just did an event uh, last week. No, this week, I'm sorry. This week, and I was on a panel. And the panel was, what's it like to live black in America? Interesting title, uh, because... Obviously, I don't know how to live anywhere, you know, any way else. But, you know, we went with the title. And a friend of mine was the the moderator. And his questions were deeply thought out before he presented them. And, you know, it was, it was nice. It was nice. However, once again... The same reporter that was at the last uh, candidate's forum half-assed wrote an article. Only in this article, she basically started at the end of what was going on instead of the beginning of the program. And she focused mainly on one person. And there were two males and four females. She started off focusing on the male. Now, mind you, one of the questions was about misogyny. So even the women, white women, do the same thing to black women. And we already know the paper is, you know, kitty litter box liner. They're just, they have issues. And, you know, they're now calling out the city government for the lack of diversity, saying, and I quote, they talk a good game about diversity, but nothing happens, end quotes. Now, keep in mind, this is the same publication that decided to beat the snot out of me. And not really, you know, it's interesting. Okay, let let me start. The Chamber of Commerce came to me in writing asking me to align with them, to get that alignment status. I didn't go. And I I don't align with anything that they want. They just want you to join the chamber, pay all this money, and, and go with it. You know, for what? And I'm just now seeing the article from uh, March 26th when it says that they had, that one of the two candidates vying for the city council seat aligned with the values of the organization and its members. And it does say at the end that I declined to participate in this process. And, of course, I knew my opponent would do it. You know, I do believe her, her father is aligned with that already. But to have the alignment status from the chamber meant nothing to me. It meant nothing. It means you agree with what they say, and I don't agree with their, what they say. I don't agree with their complete lack of diversity. And they really don't, they don't do anything for the white people. They're not going to do anything for the black people. They're collecting money. So I chose to decline to participate in the process. I did not know they were actually going to put a little article out about it, but there it is. I'm looking at the letters from people that supported me saying I would bring perspective to the city council. And the letters that are supporting my opponent, it draws me back to the last candidate's form and another person whose writing skills I definitely question and how this person was sitting in front of me 
at the last forum and came out with something uh, slightly different than what really happened. So it's it's more of what they choose to leave out. Things that can be important. It It's just... It's interesting what the local paper chooses to leave out of reporting and how they report certain things. Now, I already think it's sophomoric writing in the first place because half stories are told. The editorial department stands by what they say, and they have every right to do that. I'm not saying that. What I have a problem is with the racial tropes and the dog whistles that they put out every time there's a person of color trying to do something. Mind you, it isn't very often. But yet they hype up a male of color and prop this person up like they're actually doing something in the community when this person could care less about the community. And we all know this, but in every single time I've spoken with the local paper, Again, like I've said before, they ask me about this person. Got nothing to do with me at all. They want to turn it into an article about a black male instead of the actual piece being on me and the election. Again, misogyny from our local paper. And not seeing where the reporter was sitting at this panel I did a few days ago, I said as such. When the question came about misogyny, I said as much as, you know, how the paper portrayed me compared to my opponent. I talked about the supposed two black leaders in the community that eviscerated a black woman and they did it on social media. And it wasn't just a day or two. There was a conversation that kept going. And I wish I had screenshot it because it, you know, the post did come down. But one of those people that had done this was at this panel and when I said it I could see this person shuffling and my friend next to me was wondering if I was actually going to name the person and I wasn't I didn't have to by describing it the way I described it everybody knew who I was talking about the black men in this community are vicious It's all about them and them running behind everyone else trying to get something or trying to find out information to pass back to people that run the city. And black women out here are seen as angry. And that's how I was portrayed as an angry black woman when I was simply saying the words of the people. But because I said the quiet part out loud, I was portrayed as an uneducated angry black woman that's on disability. And they stuck by that portrayal. So recognizing the rights of everybody and affording them that respect, I'm going to afford myself the respect of those same exact rights. Let's see what happens. Let's see how it's treated differently Because I'm speaking out. Now, they have a stock photo of me. But when they print about me, they use the other photo. Or the the photo that was printed in the paper from the forum. Of course, they caught it when my hair was messed up. You know, so the portrayal of black people, just in the media, period, is, you know, if there's an unfavoring picture of you, that's what they're going to put out there instead of, probably out of the dozens of pictures they've taken where there's a good photo of you, they want to emphasize that black is bad. The people that work at the local paper have no clue. Majority of my friends are not black. They assume we all know each other. They assume that if we come from Chicago, we all know each other or related. And that's not the case. But this is how it's treated. When the people started to speak up, number one, I was truly humbled and I was very grateful. I wanted to start bringing people together. And when my white allies started sending letters to the editor, like I've said, they didn't even print them. 
most of them. Did not print most of them. Because they didn't like the attack being turned against them. The letters were factual. But the paper chose not to publish them. It's, you know, I'm looking for the articles now, and it's it's interesting. Uh, I'm looking at the the letters, their opinions, and how how they put it in there. You know, they talked a lot about my opponent's credentials, and for me, I'm just kind of here. One in one article. They put, I served as the vice chairwoman of the Human Rights Commission. That was it. That was it. This is a place that will print out in the paper a candidate's name, their phone number, and their address. So they automatically put your safety at risk. And this is for anybody that runs. Because if somebody doesn't like what you have to say, they open you up to like people coming to your face and saying something. And I've heard that that actually happened to somebody. But if you want to go check out a court case online, which is actually public information that is normally free, they charge you a $25 monthly subscription. Mind you again. Your private information, meaning your phone number and your address, they print publicly in the paper. But the system here is set up that you cannot access legally free information without paying for it. And I'm guessing people haven't complained about it. To say that things are backwards here is an understatement. Living while black in America has its own struggles in the first place. I come from one of the most segregated cities in the country. I never experienced the level of discrimination that I have here. That panel, all of us on that panel, except for two said so. They were from different countries and their experience of being here is totally different. Because even coming from black countries, They still view America or Americans as lazy. They're living the American dreams. The rest of the black people are just lazy. Don't call us African-Americans because they will have a fit. Well, I I do too. I'm not African-American. I didn't come from Africa. But I digress. But the way they do things out here, to split people, they divide and conquer. And what they've done is help perpetuate the division in the black community so that they can conquer the tokens that they want. Because if they throw out a little carrot, there's going to be somebody that jumps for that carrot. Some rabbit is feeling jumpy. But when I post something, barking dogs bark. I hit a nerve. I don't have to say any names. I hit a nerve and people start responding to what I said and right away they jump on the defensive end. These are the same people that claim that they do things in the community but they really don't. They put out a little splash when they want somebody to come out and support the efforts that they're doing yet they don't come out and support the efforts of everybody else. So a friend of mine, we try to show up for everything that we can show up for. When we have things, literally, no black person shows up. I had a young lady ask me in the panel if I've ever been told I was whitewashed. I have never, ever heard that, ever. And for the young lady to ask me the question, it was kind of, I had to think about it for a second. And when a person asks a question like that, that's kind of what they're thinking about you. But they're just not going to say it out loud. So I understood with, you know, the question. And I answered her finally. And I was like, I've never been called whitewashed before. But I have been called an Oreo. I said, but at the same time, yes. Majority of my friends here 
in Dubuque and back in Illinois are majority white. I make no apologies for that. What I will say is what has the black community done for me? That's what I will say because I put myself out there publicly to try to uplift the black community, bring a whole community together. But again, the black community didn't show up. My white allies did, and then some. So quite naturally, growing on this journey, and as I continue to grow, I'm going to align with the people that align with me, that believe in what I'm saying, that are help, helping to further the message to everybody. I'm not going to spend time on those that choose to stay in the background, that choose to not support, even though it's for their own good. Our country is filled with people that have voted against their best interest. We're looking at the results. People need to understand that their votes and the elections have consequences. So the ones that are complaining about what happened, did you get out there and vote? Did you support any candidate? If you didn't, shut the fuck up. You have no right to complain because you did not make your voice heard. So don't expect people to hear your voice now. That's exactly how I'm going to treat it. On a grand scale or the same way I think about America, I'm going to treat it like that on this smaller scale, unapologetically. My voice doesn't matter to you. That's fine. But when it comes to something that you need to get out, something that you have an issue with, your voice no longer matters to me. Doesn't mean I'm not for the whole community, everybody, but it just means to me that your voice doesn't matter to me anymore. I support everybody. And I did so in, you know, a school board election. I don't have to be best friends with you. I don't have to be buddy-buddy. We can just be acquaintances and I'll support you because we're support, supposed to support each other as a whole. That doesn't happen. But yet, some of these people get on a panel and talk about community support. Or they're the ones that saying that there's no support in the community. Don't just say that. Why do you feel that there's no support in the community? What makes you feel like it's not? Maybe because a lot of these people are messy as hell. Nobody wants to surround themselves around a constant dumpster fire. And that's what we have. A bunch of little dumpster fires burning or trying to burn. But instead of burning fires, they're trying to burn people. They're trying to burn the very ones that look like them. Never mind that the paper did it to me. I'm hoping that I don't actually have to meet any of the people from the paper in person. One did try to friend me and I just basically blew it off. But when your own community comes up against you and just plain doesn't show up, that speaks volumes of where they want to go. Now, I'm not saying that every single person in the black community is like this because I do have a few supporters that feel that, yes, I am that voice that needs to be heard for the community. But there's more, greatly more, that are about themselves, that are about, you know, smaller achievements. And any achievement for the positive is a good thing. Some people go overboard with it. I'm talking on a grander scale, and it's not even about me. Not even about me at all. It's about everyone as a whole. It's about sitting down at the table and talking out your differences. You don't have to like me. Know I'm going to still be that voice. Know that I'm going to stand up for you. But I'm tired. I am questioning myself more and more. Why care about a population that doesn't care about me? Which is why I didn't get involved with the same dynamic of people back in Illinois. I knew where my support was. I didn't even have support in my own family. 
So why go there? Now what I will say is I did have two or three of my cousins donate to my campaign. And believe it or not, that brought tears to my eyes because I was genuinely shocked. I did announce it in the family page. Hey, family, I'm running for city council and I would love your support financially. Five, ten, fifteen dollars would greatly help the campaign. The first time around before the primary, nothing. Nothing at all. Not even, good luck, cousin, you got this. Now, did I expect it? No. But I did it to prove a point to a friend that was saying, oh, even your family will support you. And I was like, I'm going to prove my point to you and show you how my family is. Going into the, the general election, I had two cousins that financially supported and a couple more say, hey, cousin, good luck. That's fine and dandy. My point was, on a whole, besides my son, I don't have family support. And I never have. It's not something that's new. I never have. And this is an, an, another bunch of people that basically focused on the lies my father told because he was such a great uncle. So this is how they saw me, was through the eyes of my father, not knowing that I had no relationship with my father once my parents divorced. So it was very rare that they saw me because I did not have that relationship. My first taste of misogyny came from my father. Girls can't do. That's all I ever heard. Girls can't do, which is why I never dealt with him because I knew I could. I don't need someone constantly saying, I can't do. Now, if you don't believe in me, I'm okay with that as well. But you don't have to voice it to me. Keep your negativity to your negative self. Let your body absorb that negativity. Don't project it onto me. This is what I've been getting. I've been told that I'm middle to high class. I probably mentioned it in the, the last podcast. From a person who has never seen me before, this is how she thinks I am in her mind. I come off as middle to high class and I don't care about the poor. Mind you, I have no clue about anybody's social economic status. What I see is the housing that they live in that's kind of run down sometimes, but at the same time it's properties that the city doesn't enforce their own codes for updates from the landlords. So I don't even look at it as the person living in the house that it's their fault. It's the landlords. We have very shady landlords out here that don't do what they're supposed to do, which causes people to get fines out here. And that's a whole nother story I'll get into later. Not today. So the things that happen here that make up this, this city is there is a lack of diversity. There are very strong racial biases. Unfortunately, there's a lot of misogyny within the black community. And again, within the city as a whole. They will hire a black man before they hire a black woman. Listen to what I said. They will hire a black man before they hire a black woman. Because the black men is safe. It's safe. And once they get them in there, they're not going to fire them because they're afraid of being sued for racial discrimination. But a black woman cannot even get in there. I was the closest to getting in there. And I've only been here three years. I was the closest to getting in there. We had one that actually served in council, but that person was appointed. And that person was a friend of mine. That person was the first person to start eviscerating my name. It was complete slander that she was spreading around to other people. And I got tired of hearing my name. 
I've got tired of hearing that my talking points from the past were being brought out in this person's speaking engagements when they spoke before different committees in the city. My words, my research, no credit, but used as her own. And people started coming back to me and telling me that. They knew they heard it from me before. This person continued to go through and, well, goddamn, I'm just going to put this out there about Carla. And it's going to get worse and it's going to get worse. I think it stopped now. Although she did mention to somebody else that I was too angry and the city's not going to go with that. Mind you, this person attacks people in every place she shows up. She even tried to come after my son at a speaking event, and he promptly shut her down with the comment of, by the time she got through saying what she was saying, she literally said the exact same thing he did. And all he said was, thank you for agreeing and continue to talk. This person has something to say about everybody, and she has done so to everybody in this city. So she doesn't know enough of my business to spread anything because, yes, we talked, we were close at one time, but I never divulged that much of myself because I had already heard she likes to talk. Come to find out that the reason she was saying these things or part of the reason is allegedly because she felt she wasn't getting the recognition. I'm not sure what she wanted the recognition for, but I know that she loved the camera time and I know I don't love the camera time. She likes the pat on the back. I don't need the pat on the back. I'm going to do what I do. I don't need recognition for it. I don't need a pat on the back. There are things I do constantly that people don't know about. But the people I connect with, they know I genuinely care because I can keep in contact with them. It doesn't need to be something that's announced. It's my pleasure to do so. I'm not looking for a pat on the back. I'm not looking to spread information about anybody else. I am putting the truth out with facts to back it up. Even though the local kitty litter box liner says it's without fact. It is. Again, black woman makes a comment. It's not true. Black man that's not respected in the black community says boo or the sky is purple and the paper is writing it up as a positive thing. I am seen as an outsider. I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly okay with that. Who isn't an outsider when they go places? You're an outsider when you start kindergarten. You don't know who anybody is. You all come from different backgrounds. I just happened to be in a situation to where in my class, I was the only one that came from a different race. This is how I grew up. This is what I know. Living white and brown skin is what I know. I'm trying to understand the black culture. Because no, I don't really know it. But I'm trying to understand it. But in that understanding, I'm not liking it. It's like dealing with extended versions of my family. What can you do for me? And I, yes, I went through this years and years ago, which is why I cut myself off. What can you do for us? But we're still not going to support you or we're still going to gossip about you. Family, community. My family doesn't know that much about me other than when I was younger because that's when they saw me. Growing up throughout my teenage years and into adulthood, they really don't know me and I really don't know them, and I miss that, which is why I created the family group, because I want to learn about my family. I want to learn my family history, because my father never talked about it. On my mom's side, it was never talked about. So I'm doing a lot of digging, and I'm finding out a lot of things as far as the black dynamic of a family. That's a whole different subculture that I actually did not live. I'm learning here more about the black community because where I came from, back in Illinois, I never bothered to do that. I separated myself from the black community. And 
Yes, I was still friends with some of the, the kids I knew as a child growing up in the same neighborhood. But then when my, when my mom moved me, I didn't know anything else. So coming here, it's been a learning experience. And I, I come from a background of where I've worked with all different races, especially in the trades. You know, I've met people that are from different countries. And we just we bonded over the trades. And that's when I started learning more how things were for them in their countries. And, you know, and how things are going for them in this country. And I got to understand. What I can't understand is my own culture. I watch everybody else bring up their people. Gladly bring up their people. And I watch a black culture that talks about doing it. But they don't do it. I was already told by the one person, it's not my job to bring up everybody else. I'll give you the spotlight, but it's not my job to bring you up. Well, then how would you give that person the spotlight if you're not helping bringing them up? That makes no sense. But this is the way that person thought. I'm saying, hey, everybody come on the journey with me. Don't walk behind me. Join me side by side. Let's go on this journey together. And you'll know, y'all, I was smacked in the face. Dead smacked in the face. But I wasn't disappointed. I was more encouraged. When you believe something that you see the first time, believe it. So I was not disappointed. I expected it. And I got exactly what I expected. To be slapped in the face. Resoundingly. So I was not disappointed that they didn't show up to vote. Not at all. You can't be disappointed when you expect it. That's like if you know you're going to walk into a room and there's somebody hiding there, they might still jolt you a little bit, but you've expected that. That this is what I'm going through right now. I'm not angry. I'm inspired. That means I have a lot of work to do. That means I'm thinking, do I concentrate more on a culture or do I, do I concentrate more on cultural differences with others in the community? And I'm thinking my, my focus is going to be on other cultures within the community and talking about how we perceive our differences, and talking about how we really are more alike. When I can bring that focus in, maybe it'll start to, to ease up the tension, because in the black community, it's very tense right now. And, and the ones that I see as the kibitzers that are making it very tense are the very ones that are saying, there's no problem, freaking kumbaya. You know, this is when you start hearing all the, the Bible verses. And then the, they complain about the white people. They do the same exact thing. They find Bible verses that support what they're saying. They find Bible verses to support them feeling a certain way about certain people. Every culture does that. Every single culture does that. They're not new to this game. But equal treatment equity, inclusion, diversity, diversity is not here. It won't be here because the black community refuses to accept their own. It's classism in the black community. And when we do it to ourselves, we can't be upset that somebody else does it at the same time. When we don't come together and we choose to stay divided, we can't be upset that a system divides us. When we're against our own, we can't be upset because there's systematic racism. Stand up and say something. Stand up and do something. Don't complain about it. We have colorism in black culture. Darker skinned black people are kind of frowned upon because lighter-skinned people actually do get a little bit more benefits. We're treated a little bit better. 
dark-skinned men normally go for light-skinned women or white women. Black women complain there's no good men out there. No good black men out there. Well, where are you looking? I used to say the same thing. I still feel that way, but that's a personal, personal belief. Maybe I have been looking in the wrong places. Maybe my environment has created the wrong places. I watch these social media posts and I see a ton of educated, good-looking men. They're just not here. They just weren't in the areas I lived in in Illinois. So yes, it's, it depends on where you look. If I went to Atlanta, oh my God, my mind would be blown. But I've been to Birmingham and I was very under-impressed. I've been to Tennessee. I wasn't impressed. So it depends on where you go. When you perpetually complain about systemic racism that does exist, the lack of diversity and equality that is so blatant here in Dubuque, what are you doing to combat that? Instead of having combat with people that look like you, why not support the people that look like you and stand up and say something? Show up. Don't show up only because now you want to be buddy-buddy with the white people and you think you're going to get favor and just start showing up at everything that you've never showed up before because they want you to. Recognize when you're being a token. Recognize when you're still on the outside and you think you're looking in. Recognize that. And then look at me. Watch me. Because I do fit in. I am in those circles. I am making change. I am trying to bring people together. What are you doing? What are you doing? My allies, I know what they're doing. I know what they're trying to do. My friends at home in Illinois, I know what they're doing. I know what they're trying to do. I know they're not trying to stab each other in the back. I know they're not gossiping about somebody else because somebody else is doing something that they won't stand up and do. I know that as fact. We have to understand we have to stop allowing others to use the color of our skin to define us. I am more than just the color of my skin. I am more than just another black person on disability. I am more than my disease. So much more that if you sat down and you actually had a conversation with me, you would realize I'm more alike than you think I am. I'm not whitewashed, far from it. I just overstand what I look at. I overstand the ramifications of me not speaking out for everybody. I overstand what this can mean to my future grandkids. Yeah, grandma's a badass. Grandma has done some badass things throughout her life. But at the end of the day, what have I done for the people that are not in my life? What have, have I done for the community? What have I done in service to others? That's the quality. Not the quantity of what I've done prior to doing all of this. Not the, prior, the priorities of me being a female carpenter working with all men, female corrections officer working with all men years ago. Being the first in a lot of things that I have done as far as being a black female. Great accomplishments. Yes, grandma was a badass, but how did she serve her people? Both black and white. How did she serve her people? That's what matters. It's the content of my soul. Not the color of my skin that makes a difference. Out here in Dubuque, the color of my skin makes a difference. People see me one way until I start talking. 
I've heard many times, oh, I'm not like them because I don't speak like they speak. However, if you talk to them that they're talking to, they think they speak pretty well. They're told they speak well too. So speaking well is definitely subjective. Yes, I speak proper English. No, I do not know how to code switch. So yes, I speak well. But in others, I hear the dis, those, acts, dims, and they think they're speaking well also. So to them, they speak well. It's not for me to judge, but I just don't speak Ebonics. You know, and yes, it's part of the curriculum in California. And I remember when that happened, but I can't speak it, nor can I understand it. So I do ask people to repeat themselves several times. Two reasons. I can't understand them, and I can't hear them. So I'm not oblivious to the fact of what's around me, and I try not to be ignorant of things happening around me, and I do mess up. However, my mistakes are on a grander scale because I'm the public face. I accept that. I deal with the criticism. I do not accept the criticism. I deal with the criticism. Because those that can't like to talk. Those that can get off their asses and actually do something. That's how I look at it. If you want to join me, I'm, I'm all up for it. Come through. You want to help me with all the investigative stuff I'm doing? Come through. But as a collective, stop beating the shit out of each other. No one of us is better than the other. If one of us makes it, we all make it. So why hold me back from making it for everybody? I'm trying to make a way for everybody. And years from now, a lot of you are going to benefit from all the torture I'm taking right now. I took that on. You didn't even have to ask me to take it on, but a lot of you are glad I did. When you see stuff that pops up in the paper that's racially biased, say something. None, I take it back, one black person wrote into the paper about the way they were writing articles about me and all the racial shit the kitty box liner put out there. One. Everybody else was like, oh, hey, I saw the article about you in the paper. I saw the opinion piece. That's all they said. So I'm the first thing I'm like, well, okay, you saw it. Did you actually read it? Are you okay with this? Now, when the paper did it to another female candidate running for something totally different, I did not see it because I was not checking the opinion section at the time. So I honestly didn't see it because had I seen it, I would have said something, most definitely. Now I'm also thinking of those I have personally contacted asking for their support, and I got every reason why they couldn't, but now I'm being asked to support them. I'm having a hard time with it. You know, one person did tell me you know, oh, I hope you really get in there. I really hope you do. And then come to find out that they actually voted for my opponent. So, you know, I'm dealing with that. I don't know if I should take it as, okay, hey, we're friends and you didn't support. You know, I'm not sure how, I'm, I'm not really sure how to navigate those waters. It's like I think about it and then I get upset by it because to my face, you supported me. And I, I'm, I'm not, I honestly don't know how to deal with that. Um, it's not a, I don't think it's a betrayal. I think it's just a matter of them making me feel better. And I did. I'm like, cool, I got this support. I know, a, I know a lot of political people now. And I talk to them all the time. So I was taken aback a lot. And, you know, knocked down a few pits. Say that for sure. But the whole experience has been humbling. There's a lot more as far as the biases against me because of the color of my skin. Um, the, the way that I talk, it's kind of like, what's the big deal? Because of the way I talk.
It doesn't mean I'm better than everybody else. Yes, I came out here with that attitude once I started meeting people. Yes, I'm above this. That definitely was my attitude. And I still have that attitude to a certain extent. Because I watch how people move. They move in ways that I would never conceivably move. And they wonder why they're in the same situation. But then when they try to attach themselves to me and my friend, we are actually doing things in the community. But we have so many of our own platforms and platforms together. When people try to attach themselves to us, and then they turn around and stab us in the back, we're not supposed to feel a certain way. I've been told I have to talk a certain way as I'm being lambasted by other people because I might make them uncomfortable or I might make them angry. No one ever stopped and thought, maybe what they say makes me uncomfortable, makes me angry. How would you like to have dog whistles tossed out there to everybody in the community, but it's against you? How would you feel about that? So telling me not to say anything, basically, yeah, I guess it did make me the angry black woman. You know, but it wasn't against a whole community. It was against those telling me what I should say and how I should say it and make sure I don't anger my voters. Well, my aim wasn't at my voters. Not necessarily. My aim was at the paper. And I did speak up. I did speak out. I'm still speaking up and speaking out as to the atrocities that they put out there. They wrote it in such a way that it's not, you can't prove slander. It's slanderous, but it's hard to prove because of the way they wrote it. Cool. I can do the same thing, and I have been doing the same thing. And it's not slander because it's their words I'm using against them. It's their words that are printed that I have screenshotted to show here's the facts. This is what happened. So they can't deny it. They can't fight me. I have the same First Amendment rights. But how do you fight when somebody tells you, don't say this because I might make people angry? And they never consider the fact that you, as a black woman, are going to be angry by how they portray you. As a black woman, we are asked to take on a lot of things. We are asked to take on the discrimination that is thrown at us. We are, we are supposed to take the misogyny from the black men. Unfortunately, a lot of black women take it. I'm standing up saying, no, take my hand. You do not have to take this. And I'm getting pushback for that. That tells me two things. They're scared to speak up because the city retaliates in horrendous ways against people. And I'm getting this information out there. Number two, they're okay with it. Because it's, if it's going to get them someplace, they're okay with it. Newsflash, they're not getting anywhere. The achievements of today will be forgotten tomorrow. Actually, the achievements are forgotten as soon as it makes it to the media. If it makes it to the media. Some just like to keep playing it up for weeks at a time. I'm not like that. But I, trust me when I tell you, people are not forgetting what I said. They're not forgetting how I said it. They're not forgetting what I do. I hear from people every day in my email. People I've never met before saying, thank you for what you're doing. I hear pe from people on my podcast. So obviously I'm saying the right things because people are not forgetting what I said. But tell me what you did yesterday because I don't remember. Tell me what you've done for the people in the community because I don't remember. That tell me you didn't do anything. Now I'm being asked to be keynote speaker at events. That's a whole different realm of putting myself out there. Yes, I'm out there. Yes, I have speaking events. Now I'm asking, being asked to be the keynote speaker. I'm making moves, people. I am trying to do it with everybody. Ride along with me. It's a fun ride. But some of you are making that ride much harder. 
starting with the media. That's starting there first before I even get to a community that was already making it harder anyway. By accusations, they have nothing else because they don't know me. They haven't taken the chance to know me. Going forward, I'll share more of the background details, you know, of how this all plays out and why it's pushing me to go even harder. Stay tuned. In the meantime, I have a radio show coming up later on at 5 o'clock. We're going to be streaming it on the YouTube channel for Tri Phoenix Media. Check out me and my girl Goldie. We keep it real. Yes, we're unfiltered. Hear what we say, both of us, from our perspective of how we're treated in the community. How they look down on us. How they assume what we think when they don't think for themselves. Tune into that. Try Phoenix Media on YouTube. It'll be broadcast pretty much worldwide right now. Uh, we're on a different media platform to where we can get our message out. And we're doing big things. We have two or three publications that we're working on. We're taking things outside of the fourth ward to other communities that want to hear what we have to say. Things are getting so big right now. All I say is if you want to take this journey, hop in. But don't try to take the journey away from us like you're doing something. Imitation is not flattery. Imitation is not flattery. You won't be the first. You're just a copycat. But if you're going to copy, do it better. If you think we're doing something wrong, you come out and do it better. We can support that. What we can't support is the constant talk against us for us trying to do something good in the community. It's not only hurtful, it's downright shameful that you would rather push down your own that's trying to do for the community but run up on the ass of somebody else that's only using you as tokens. This town is hard to live in. From what I've been told, it's the hardest city in the state of Iowa to live in. That's saying a lot in a racist-ass state. This is by systematic design. And people here are just now starting to speak up. This is the movement I'm creating. What are you creating? I'll talk to you next week. Have a good one.